This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. Matthew chapter number four, and we're going to verse number 12 uh, to verse 17. As we kind of wrap up uh, the, gospel, the, the fourth chapter of Matthew, uh, I, I feel in my heart that it's kind of going to be a continuation from what we did last week or what we started talking about last week. Now, this is what the Bible says. Now, when he, Jesus, heard that John had been arrested, John the Baptist had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. Verse 13, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. I, I've, I've read from the ESV till verse 15. In verse 16, I'm taking from the New King James Version. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region of the shadow of death, light has dawned. Verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Close your eyes with me. Pray with me. Father, would you speak to us through the word today? I pray, God, that you will give me the strength, the ability to break down this word and to be able to share this word like how you spoke to me, God. I pray that your power, your might will be revealed this morning. I pray, God, that the transformative word of the living God will come through in a powerful way and it will change hearts, transform lives, and that we will walk in the light just like you are in the light. We thank you, Lord, for you are good. You are good all the time. And we thank you for your promises. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. The passage here starts with a verse that says, Jesus had heard that John had been arrested. We are introduced to the ministry of John the Baptist, and consequentially, we're introduced to how he is out there in the Jordan baptizing people. And in the process of the baptisms that are happening by the Jordan, there is Jesus that walks into the water to get baptized by John the Baptist. This person that John the Baptist has been preparing for, preparing the way for, is finally here. The, the, the proclamations that John did of saying, there's a man that's greater than me, uh, the shoes to whom I cannot even fit in. Uh, that, that guy, he's about to come, and, and, and he's going to baptize with fire. So we're introduced to Jesus and his ministry. We study the temptations. But in verse number 12, we're, we're learning that John the Baptist, the guy that baptized Jesus, his cousin brother, has been arrested for his boldness, for his brashness, that some people might, might, might say or, or claim. And he's, he's, he's arrested, he's taken in, and, and, and Spurgeon, uh, in his beautiful explanation of this passage, cannot help but say this, when one servant of God is laid aside, it is a call to the rest to be more earnest in the cause of the gospel. So when John the Baptist was put in prison, Jesus comes into Galilee. Man, when we cross-reference Luke's account of this story, Luke says that Jesus returned to Galilee in, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And because he had the power of the Holy Spirit upon him, he began teaching in their synagogues and he was praised and the message was praised by all. It's powerful what happens when a man and a woman of God is filled and transformed by the Holy Spirit. Jesus has started his ministry inside of Galilee. And the verse, verse 13, it says, And leaving Nazareth, he went and he lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. I want to kind of paint the geographical landscape for you. These cities that we're leaving, Nazareth and Capernaum and Zebulun and Naphtali, were all neighboring cities. Uh, Nazareth could have been described like Texas or the larger uh, city, the larger state, the larger territory. And in that were different cities like Galilee and Zebulun and Naphtali and, and all these different places. 
This city became Jesus' home base over the months of his great Galilean ministry. And we'll talk about it during the close of this message. And in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 1, Jesus refers to Capernaum as his own city. He claims it as his own city. All right. And in verse 15, we're, we're told that this land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, they were in darkness. So we're introduced to these two cities. Now, I don't know why we're introduced to these two cities, because they're kind of ancient cities. Nobody really knew them by their name. They were, that territory was known as Galilee. But of course, in verse number 14, we're, we're drawn into the gospel writer introducing us to kind of the history as to why Jesus is bringing this, 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 these two places into light. Because it's a fulfillment of the prophecy that Isaiah had delivered hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So this is a fulfillment. Jesus walking into this land of Galilee of the Gentiles was a fulfillment. You know, when we look at Genesis, uh, Zebulun and Naphtali were one among the sons of Jacob. God blessed Jacob and Israel. And, and two of those tribes were the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali. They were blessed by God. If you go to Genesis 49 and verse 13, we see the beautiful blessing that God gives Zebulun. And God looks at him and says, Zebulun will live by the seashore and become a haven for ships. His border will extend towards Sidon. Now, he was called to be a businessman. God blessed him in his generations to come. He said, you will be rich. You will be a harbor for ships. You, ships will come and go. There will be trade. There will be so many things that happen over here. It was a blessing that God gave Zebulun through his father, Jacob. In verse 21, the Bible says, Naphtali is a doe that's set free and that bears beautiful fawns. Now, there's this imagery of this, of this deer, but in essence, what it's saying, or, or, or the true meaning of that when you study the Hebrew, is that Naphtali would go on to become an author. He would have a way with words that he will speak well and he will talk well. But what happened in the larger scheme of things? We're introduced in Matthew to two lands or two cities that are under darkness. Once blessed, once anointed, once filled with promise, once, you know, filled with God's anointing and grace. They had so many promises upon them. If you go on and on in different, Jacob himself, uh, you know, promises, promises his kids more blessings. If you read the Abraham blessing, Abraham blessed Ab uh, Jacob and Jacob blesses his sons and his sons will keep on being blessed. In Deuteronomy, you see more of the blessings on Zebulun and Naphtali. These were two tribes that were completely blessed by God in different aspects. But somewhere along the line, it was disobedience and constant going against the will of God that distanced them away from the will and the power of, of God. In verse number 16, the Bible says, the people who sat in darkness were told that these two cities, these two tribes, this locality, this state, this particular territory has been sitting in darkness. Now, I want to clarify something. It doesn't mean that the sun never shone on that city. I'm not trying to say that there was never light in that city. We're not talking about a situation where there was no physical light or the sun not rising and setting or the moon not providing. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. We are talking about spiritual darkness. The Bible says the people who sat in darkness has seen a great light and upon those who sat in the region of the shadow of death, light has dawned. I'm talking to some people this morning and I want to remind you, spiritual darkness is a real thing. There are so many of us that can walk through spiritual darkness and not even know it. There are so many of us that can walk through spiritual darkness and be okay with it. There are so many of us that can walk through spiritual darkness and, and, and just be so immersed in it that we don't know anything better. And I want to talk to all categories of people today because John actually writes about this spiritual darkness in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 6. And he says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. You got to understand this. 
It's possible for us to have fellowship with him or come to church and have fellowship with others, have community, attend the Sunday services, tithe, give, okay, serve, all of that stuff. It's possible to do all of the churchy stuff and yet we are able to walk in darkness. There are so many of us that will come regularly to church and do church things yet walk away unchanged. You know, the number of people that would come up to me and say, Pastor, that was an amazing message today. That message was for me. But man, they will walk out of this place, and man, there is absolutely no life change. They go back to doing the same old things over and over again. They go through the same you know, situations that demolished them, the same situations that broke them, the same situations that, that, that brought them to where they, they go back to it. Why? Because there's a spiritual darkness that, that lies underneath and beneath the surface that they don't know about. And here is Zebulun and Naphtali, these, these two communities of people that, that, that are probably regularly living their life and going about doing their everyday things and attending church and the tabernacle and going and offering sacrifices and all of this stuff and attending the feasts and all of this stuff. But still, this nation is under darkness. Kind of reminds me of America. Blessed and prosperous and rich and all of that stuff, but... What I see is depravity. What I see is a gloom. What I see is darkness in our schools, in our workplaces, in our businesses. Oh, come on, somebody in corporate America. When I look at entertainment, come on, it's gone south. Anybody agree with me today? Gone are the days in which you can just watch television and you can be okay with it. Come on, somebody. And you don't have to, you didn't have to hide your kids' eyes and, and clothes. They, gone are those days where kids' shows and cars cartoons and, 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 and stuff. We, we didn't have to worry about them sitting and watching that stuff. Gone are those days because right now I got to sit with my daughters six and three and make sure that I listen to every single thing that's coming out of that TV. Every little thing. But we kind of go on and on and on because sometimes prosperity can lie to you and tell you that you're okay. Prosperity can lie to you and tell you that you're doing just fine. As long as you don't, you're not in want of something, as long as you're not literally in, you know, you, you're okay, you're, you're going to get by. Complacency, we talked about this last Sunday and this morning I'm, I'm going to continue talking about that because this is important. The Galileans were sitting in darkness in spiritual darkness. You know, John goes on to say this. In, 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 there's this judgment that the Bible talks about in John chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light. Do you know there are so many people addicted to the light, darkness? No matter how big and better and mightier the light is, there is this gravitational pull towards the darkness that is so unexplained. Christians that are pulled to the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for the fear that his deeds will be exposed. We're going to talk about this today. What is darkness, y'all? Darkness is where you can't see. Darkness is where you can't think. It's where you have no understanding. Darkness is to be blind, like literally blind to the things of God. Darkness is to not know. Darkness is to be clueless, not have any understanding, to be distant from God, to be deprived of knowledge and wisdom to be deprived of understanding, to be deprived of the light. The absence of light is darkness. But here's the thing. What we, you and I don't understand is that we are made out of light. We are made of light. We are light because we were created in the image and the likeness of God. So everything we're going through and the situation that the world is going through is, is, is this, 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 this power of the enemy that we give into day after day because we have to remind ourselves that we are products of the light. He made us in the image and the likeness of Christ. 
This isn't who we're supposed to be. We feel hopeless. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not dismissing people that are hopeless. I'm not dismissing people that are depressed. I'm not dismissing people that are bound by anxiety. I'm not dismissing all of that. It's true. I, I understand the gravity of that. But I want to remind you today, there are so many people that have actually come out of addictions and come out of depressions. And that's how I know that light always will trump the darkness. God gives the ability to people. And I don't know what darkness you're going through today that's distancing you from God. But today I want to remind somebody there is hope. Any atmosphere Jesus walks into, Jesus walks into and says, I am the light of the world. And any place that you allow him to walk into, any place in your heart, any place in your life, any depraved place that Jesus comes into, remember that he will water it. He will fill it with light. Hmm. Darkness is where you can't understand his plan and purpose when it's dark. I can't see what God is doing. So what, what ends up happening, we start leading ourselves. We start navigating these waters ourselves. We start wading through these waters ourselves, and no matter how scary it is, but God is reminding some of us today, man, you don't rely on your own intellect or your own understanding because what darkness is, is obscurity. It's places of obscurity. It's places of unclear thinking. It's places of confusion. Your darkness may look like pain. Your darkness may look like physical bondage. Your darkness may look like suicidal thoughts or self-preservation. I want to park there for just a second. A lot of us are going through self-preservation and we don't even know that that's darkness. What do I mean? Hiding yourself because you don't want to get hurt. I don't want anyone to see me. I don't want to be out there for anyone to see me. I don't want to expose. I don't want to, I don't want to wear my heart on my sleeve. I don't want others to come in. I don't want to let myself in to others. Life groups, that's not for me. I just don't want to be a part of what others are doing. Why? Because we were hurt once by others. And because of that, we're just trying to preserve ourselves. We're trying to preserve our heart. We tend to hurt others because we want others to feel what we're feeling because that's what happens when you and I live in self-preservation is we preserve ourselves so much that we think that we're a victim at all times. Oh, that person's going to do this. person's going to do this to me. Oh, that, that person looks at me in a weird way. I, don't, I wonder what they're thinking of me. Uh, am I talking to somebody? And, and because of that, we drag ourselves into this situation where, where, where we hide and that's what darkness tells you to do. Darkness tells you to hide. But light comes with a plan, church. What did, what did sin make Eve do? Sin made Eve what? Hide. What did they do immediately? Adam and Eve went and got some leaves, some fig leaves, and, and, and sew it, sewed it up and, and, and wore it like clothes. Am I talking to somebody here? And God in his infinite mercy was like, man, you don't understand this, but that thing is going to wither, it's going to dry, and it's going to fall. So many of us are trying to cover our darkness with things that are temporal. I need to talk to somebody today. And you wonder why you keep going through the same cycle over and over and over again because fig leaves are what you are sewing together and covering yourself with in an attempt to be protected and preserve yourself so that people, but without your knowledge, it's withering, it's drying up, it's falling, and, and you're wondering why you're going through the whole cycle again. But God, in his beautiful sacrifice in the Garden of Eden, takes those fig leaves and replaces it. He sacrifices it with grace and love and clothes them with mercy and those that are sitting in darkness needs to hear a message today that no matter what you try to concoct and no matter how you try to clothe yourself or protect yourself or how you try to preserve yourself God in his infinite mercy keeps reminding you that it's temporary but his grace his mercy his love and what he did on the cross of Calvary is when he looked at darkness he walked right into it and he said I am the light of your world world. He needs to remind somebody. Oh, the great light. The great light. These two tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, they settled in this region of Galilee. Nazareth, the whole, the whole state essentially. Okay, I need you to listen up because this is where it's going to get good. Are y'all ready for this? Hmm. 
They occupy the same land as Galilee, the Galilee of the Gentiles. So the lands of Zebulun and Naphtali, the same geographical location, like I said before, it was, it, was, it was so bad, the condition of the state and the city was so bad that in John chapter 1, verse 45 and 46, the Bible says this, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets, Isaiah and all of those guys wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Jesus of where? Nazareth. Nazareth, Galilee, Zebulun, Naphtali, that whole place was called Nazareth, okay? He says, Jesus of Nazareth has come. And you want to hear what his response was? Nathaniel looks at Philip and he says this, can anything good come out of? Am I talking to somebody? Things were so bad. How many people have actually looked at you and said, man, ain't no good coming out of you? Ain't no good coming out of your children. They've labeled you. They've put their final, you know, they've nailed that last nail into your coffin. They've told you that you're, that's, that's where you stop. That's where, the, you know, that's where you stop growing. That's where your family stops receiving blessing. That's where you see, stop seeing blessing. How many of y'all have been finalized by the enemy? The enemy has just said his final say and said, there's no more over here for you. That was the land of Nazareth. That was Galilee. That was Zebulun. And that was Naphtali. Years and years and years of, of, of tribulation. Years of being in darkness. Years of being ostracized. And everybody knows them as a people that nothing good can come out of. How many of you have been through something so long that you've just got used to it? There's this tendency inside us as, as, as Christians and believers to just get used to the patterns that ostracize us. We feel like it's what we're supposed to go through. It's, we feel like it's something that we just have, are bound by and we just go by without a, without, you know, without a thought in the world. But God is looking at some of us and saying, man, aren't you tired? These people have lack of knowledge of God and they live in ungodliness. But, but, but today, there is Jesus that's actually walking into that place. I need you to listen to this real quick. Sometimes complacency is progressive. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 to 31, the Bible says this, he gives power to the faint and to him whom, who, who, who has no might he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's the plan of God for you. If you're sitting, that's what the Bible says, those who wait on the Lord, there are so many of y'all waiting on the Lord, there's something that has to happen. God looks and says, the healthy way, right, the God way is if you wait on the Lord, if you're sitting, if you're waiting on something, remember that you shall renew your strength. You will mount up with wings as eagles. You're, you're meant to fly. You will run. You're not going to be weary. You're going to walk and you will not faint. But guess what the people here are doing? The Bible says they sat in darkness. Someone say, they sat in darkness. See, Matthew did not quote Isaiah correctly here. I want to clarify this real quick. Isaiah speaks in his ninth chapter of a people that walked in darkness. Someone say, walked in darkness. But, but, but here, the writer is saying, those that sat in darkness, this, hmm. That is a state of less hopelessness. Yeah, I, I, am I talking to somebody? Oh, sorry, hopefulness. The, the man who walks is active. He has some energy left. He may reach a brighter spot. But that man who's inactive, who's sitting down, he's inactive. He's not moving. He's probably going to abide where he is. He's probably not going to move at all. And the Bible says the people that sat in darkness as if they had been there for a long while and would be there longer. They sat like they were about to turn into stone. 
I don't know how many of us have walked, have, have run the race, and you're like, I got this. The Christian walk is going to be easy. Awesome. I, I got this. I got this. And, and if you're like me, running gets real old, real quick. And then you're like, I'm going to just walk. I'm going to walk. If you're like me, if you go up the stairs once and come down, you're like huffing and puffing. And, and Sonia's like, I'm concerned for you. you know? That's all I got. But some of us are running and some of us are walking. And after some time, you're doing the same old things and situations are not changing and things are not changing. Yes, Lord, Isaiah says, those that mount up with wings, Lord, I have this aspiration. Or on Sunday morning, you're like an eagle. You're ready to fly. Oh, that word was so good. That word was powerful. Oh, that's j- j- exactly what I needed to hear, Pastor. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, everybody. Let's just, you know, this, this is high that you're in and you're running out of this place. And, and as soon as you reach home, you walk, Monday morning comes, you're still like jogging. Tuesday, you're... You walk, Wednesday you're out of breath. Wednesday evening you're sitting down. You're like, I can't even go for Wednesday night service. I'm depleted. I'm out of energy. I, I need you to listen up. They, they, they sat, someone said they sat. Probably through despair. They had striven for the light. They had, and, and, and they tried everything that they had to try. And they did everything that, that the priest told them to do. And they attended every tabernacle service that was to attend. Am I talking to somebody? They, they did all the religious stuff, y'all. But, but, but something was wrong. They, they, their hearts were disappointed. And they told them that, they, their hearts told them, man, you just sit down. Maybe everything will be okay. Why should I keep trying? Why should I keep going if God would not hear my prayers? Why should I pray? Any, anybody in the same situation that you've been running and running and running and sitting and then running and walking and then finally you just sat and you're like, you know what, God, when it's your time, just wake me up. Anybody been there? Because I've been there. I know I can't keep preaching to myself here. The center of Jewish religion was in Jerusalem, right around the corner. But sadly, their religious light was a sham. It was a counterfeit. It was powerless. So they were in darkness. See, the difference was the Jews in Jerusalem thought they were in the light, whereas the Gentiles in Galilee knew they were in darkness. You know what the religious spirit can do? It can look at you and lie to you day after day and tell you that you're okay when you're really not okay because you're so used to the darkness that everything seems okay that if Jesus walks right in front of you, you'll be like, I didn't see him. That's what happened to the Jews. You know what the the meaning of the word sit is? Make it my dwelling place. To make it my, this is my, I've accepted my, I've unpacked. Come on, somebody, am I talking to somebody? What do you call home? You move from a city, you move from somewhere, you came, you moved in, you've unpacked, man, you've, you've put the pictures up, you've put the, 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 the clothes in the, in every, like everything is situated, the furniture is bought, you have set up tent, and you know this is going to be, am I talking to somebody? This is so beautiful because the Bible says they sat in that place. They sat in that place. There is danger to sitting and not knowing that you're in the danger zone. Okay, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Guys, I want you to turn off all the lights in this auditorium. Turn off the house lights and turn off, uh, turn off all the other, these lights as well. I'm not going to scare y'all, but turn off everything. There you go. Oh, that, that, that needs to be turned off too, Karen. Blackout. There you go. There you go. What was your instant reaction? This too. That too. <laughs> uh, you get the idea, right? But everything's off. Everything's off. There's something about darkness that I need to share with you this morning. See, if you turn off all the lights in this auditorium... We're not able to see like we saw before. But mark my words, if you just continue to just sit here, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to your eyes? It's going to adjust to the darkness. It's going to adjust to the darkness. So what you couldn't see initially, what was darkness to you 
Initially, at first instant, Angela just walked in and was like, what's going on in here? Sorry, Angela, we're doing a sermon illustration. What was, what was dark at the first instance? Like, I can see Andrew sitting right there. Like, I can see him. Like, I can see Jay right there. I can, I can see Chris is right there. Justina's right here. It's different. As soon as the light went up, I was like, who's who? But there's something powerful about when you sit in darkness long enough. Am I talking to somebody today? There's something amazing that happens. Your eyes get acclimated to the darkness. Can we switch those lights back on? Thank you, guys. Ooh, what happened? Exactly. Roshan, I'm going to talk about that in just a second. <laughs> Roshan went, ah. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But if you continue to sit in that darkness, your eyes will adjust to the darkness, y'all. And for a lot of us, our preferences have adjusted to the darkness. Our cravings have adjusted to the darkness. Our appetites have adjusted to the darkness and we're okay with it. Mm. The way we spend has adjusted to the dark. Our, 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 the, way we, the way we eat has adjusted to the darkness and some of us are sitting in relationships that are dark and we are... We have adjusted to it and we're, we're sitting in jobs and, and positions and friendships and marriages and, and churches so long that we are used to it. It's our comfort zone. I hope not this church, but some church. Where it becomes this toxic environment and you're breathing in this toxic air over and over and over again. But you feel like that was what you were meant to do all along. You accept that as fate. Someone say, fate. And some of y'all begin to defend it. Some of y'all say, that's my pastor. Doesn't matter what he says. Doesn't matter what he does. Please don't do that to me. That's my boo. He'll never hurt me. He's just having a bad day. Girl, run. They gave me a job when I didn't have one, even if they treat me like, you know what? I'm going to continue being harassed regularly because they gave me a job when no one else would. It doesn't matter that they treat you real bad. It does not. For you, you have adjusted to the reality that this is the best you're going to get. But what does the Bible say? Remember, Satan comes as an angel of what? Light. Ah. The light spurts here and there, and it messes with your head. And that's the example of Roshan. Or my baby, Nora. Not that I'm comparing the both of them. But our six-month-old is so adorable. So is Roshan. But, 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 <laughs> we, we, we take, we take baby Nora out of her car, like in the car, we take her out in the car seat, and, and there's, this, there's this shield, there's this sun protector SPF thing that we can like, they're fancy right now, we can just put over her. And if we're outdoors, the moment we open that up, her eyes that were so nice and the, the smiling face turns into an angry face, and she just makes some crazy faces, and she's like... I don't want that light. I don't want that light. That's exactly what Roshan did. Some people don't want the light because they know it's going to change things for them. It's going to make them want to squint and be uncomfortable and change is bound to happen and they're about to see things that they never saw before and others are going to see things that they never saw before and that makes me very uncomfortable. So you know what? Once you're used to the darkness, man, I, I just want to make sure that I'm okay. I'm, I'm here. Nothing's changed. I'm not hurting anybody. Nothing's hurting me. I know this, 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 this situation sucks, but it's okay. I'm just going to be adjusted to this. Because once you're in darkness, man, your eyes hurt when you see the light. And I pray that some of us will do better. I pray that we'll, be, we'll get better, man, that, that we'll do better in this, in this area. Some of us are in toxic relationships, and, and even when we know it's not good for us, we're, we're in it for the long run because we feel like this is good 
And it's called the darkness of being complacent. They just sat there. Someone say, they sat there. Some of us need to disconnect from narcissism. Some of us are so, so, so just, just not, not addicted, but we succumb to narcissism. There's narcissism all around us, and we, we feel like it's okay for people to talk down to us, for people to reject us. There are so many of us that won't learn from our lessons and we keep going back to the people that abuse us and the things that abuse us and the things that drag us down and the things that demolish us and the things that drag us to death. And the Bible says they just sat there because all they knew was darkness. Some people will say, Pastor, you know what? I sinned. I got to run away from God. Where does that, where does the Bible say that you should do that? God will leave me, brother, if I walk away from, if I sin, God will leave. Where does the Bible say that? It actually says the opposite. It says, I draw near to me and I will draw near to you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what the Bible says. And I say this all the time. Adam and Eve sinned and God still showed up the next day. I don't know if that doesn't convince you. And they, he still kept his appointment. He still kept his end of the bargain. He showed up in the Garden of Eden and said, where are you? You know what darkness will tell you? Run, hide, take cover. Don't let people see the true you. So you cover up your blemishes. You cover up, your, you cover up the, the shameful things in your life because you don't want others to see it. But, but you're sitting in darkness and you're brooding in darkness. My, but my God is not a God of darkness. My God spoke into the darkness and he created the light because he said darkness is not good. Light is good. And he is a father. Come on somebody, I'm talking to somebody today. God is breathing into you today a light that shines over any darkness that you're going through in your life. Worship team, I want us to get ready to just take us into the presence of God in just a little bit so if you guys can get ready to come up. I didn't tell them to sing those songs that they sang earlier, but man, that was powerful. Some of us need to walk into the resurrected power of Jesus Christ. Some of us need to experience what freedom in Christ is all about. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. Remember that we serve a God who is resurrected. We serve a God who is alive. We serve a God who trampled over sin and darkness and shame and and iniquity and everything that you can even imagine. The depression, the sorrow, the pain, the rejection, all that you have been through, that are going through and will go through in the future. My Jesus paid for that on the cross of Calvary. And that what Jesus said over there is he walked into the darkness. And and you know what the beautiful thing is this? You ready for this? The Bible says, and leaving Nazareth, he came and he stayed. He lived in Galilee. This place was under darkness. The same place, you remember the, the definition I gave you earlier for sit? What was the definition? Anybody remember that? Make it my dwelling place. place. The Bible says, and Jesus dwelt in that city. I'm going to repeat that. The same place that they sat and they made themselves comfortable in darkness, in that hopeless situation, Jesus walks in. You know what Micah chapter 7 and verse 8 says? It says this. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. There are so many things that you will be forced to sit in darkness. I don't know what you're sitting in today. I don't know what circumstance has bound you. I don't know what circumstance has told you to give up. Because sometimes we just want to give up. We just want to throw in the towel. Sometimes we just want to say, I don't have the strength in me to go anymore. I don't know what situation that is for you. But I want to remind you that's not the end of the story for you. You can't end a story that you didn't start writing. You can't end a story that you have no control. Come on, I, I need to talk to somebody today. For some of us, 
it's providential darkness that we're going through. It's God's way of saying, man, this darkness is to benefit you. This darkness is to teach you some lessons. And God takes you through a dark night sometimes. Sorry. And other times it's mandatory darkness. It's like a determined sentence for, for disobedience like the people of Israel had to go through. My dad always told me this. He said, son, you're going to learn humility one of two ways. One, you can learn it yourself or God can teach it to you. He said, try to learn it yourself. The second one's really hurtful. Because the second one, he'll cut, the, cut you down to your knees and it'll hurt real bad. But you'll come out stronger at the end of the day. Sometimes God has to discipline us to darkness sometimes for us to know what light truly means. For some of us, it's voluntary darkness. I'm, I'm sorry to break it to you, but for so many of us, it's self-inflicted. For so many of us, it's a self-pity party. Nobody cares for me. Nobody wants me. Everybody hates me. I don't fit in. I don't, you know, nobody wants to, nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody wants to have a relationship with me. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to be in a solid relationship or a long-term relationship. I'm always going to be abused. I'm always going to be rejected. Someone's going to backstab me all the time. There is no hope for me. It's a self-pity party. You never see the light that's shining close by that says, I am the light of the world. Mm. For some of us, it's the... It's a resolve that you've come to where you're like, it's a waste of strength, it's a waste of time, it's a waste of effort, I don't want to do this. But you know that verse in Micah 7, 8, when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me, has to be a prophetic word that I'm sharing with each one of you this morning. I pray that you will take that and you will run with it because in that verse there are two things. One is there is hope. Can you get the sense of hope from Micah's words? He said, the Lord will be a light to me. Someone say, will. Ah, oh, this is good. He does not say the Lord is a light to me. He doesn't say the Lord may be a light to me. The Lord can be a light to me. The Lord, he, he says the Lord. Come on, someone say that. He says the Lord will be a light to me. He's fully expecting something. And for some of us, that's not the case. We're like, ah, I don't know. next is the knowledge Micah knew the Lord was eventually going to shine his light on his situation he also knew that he had to work his own stuff in the meantime and so do all of us there's stuff that we got to get help for stuff that we got to get breakthrough for but God looks at some of us and says aren't you tired of just sitting you remember those lepers and those guys were like are we just going to sit here and die like some of us need to have that resolve to pull up your family members, to pull up your wife, to pull up your kids and say, guys, we got to fast. We got to pray. We got to seek the word of God. We got to seek the face of God in a season. Are we tired? Like, aren't we tired of being in the same cycle over and over again? What are we going to do about this? What changes are we going to make? What things do we need to change going into this next year? How do we get out of darkness into the glorious light? For some of us, we're waiting for that light to just shine. You're waiting for an opportunity and God's like, man, you're sitting though. Sitting is never a posture of reception. Sitting is a posture of comfort. Sitting is a posture of complacency. Sitting is a posture of, I think I'm good. You only sit when you're tired. And you know what the enemy loves to do? He loves to make people tired. He loves it when you say, how many of you, when people say, hey man, how's it going? How many of you say, busy man, I've been busy, crazy busy. Anybody? It's just me. No time, brother. You watched all those episodes on Netflix, you had time for that. You binged watched till three in the morning, you had time for that. Oh, I'm going to preach this morning, you better... You, you better brace yourselves. 
You had time for that concert. You had time to go out and eat. You had time for everything on the face of the earth. But when it comes to my relationship with God, sitting in darkness and getting out, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. And trust me, I'm not downplaying that we have to wait on the Lord, and that's a biblical concept. Please, do not get me wrong. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. But you, the, the trajectory that I showed you earlier, those who wait on the Lord, okay, in waiting, if you're not renewing your strength, if your strength is not being renewed, that is not godly waiting. Am I talking to somebody? If you are just waiting and being depleted of strength, depleted of resources, depleted of sanity, depleted of confidence, depleted of everything that is going, like if, if you get up and say, if you're tired from a vacation, if you're tired from sitting, if you're tired from just resting, how many of y'all wake up and you're like, oh, I gotta go back to sleep again. That's what I'm talking about, that's not normal. If you get eight hours of sleep and you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm still tired. You need to go see who? A doctor. Because there's obviously something wrong. And for some of us, we're sitting and sitting and sitting. And the moment we get up, we, we get up, we can barely stand for a little bit. We can barely just survive. We can barely come to church one Sunday in a month. And, and we go back into just sitting. And God's like, aren't you tired of that? Aren't you, aren't you tired of that existence? Like, aren't you tired of being, like, I know the Bible doesn't say this, but, like, insanity is doing, like, the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results, and some of y'all are doing that with God, and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to do this over and over again, and you don't realize you're just sitting, and you're rotting. We're just complaining, and we're, like, blaming everything and everybody. Because that's what sitting can do. It can make you a victim. The victim mentality will start creeping in. You remember the, the guy that was sitting in the pool of Siloam? And Jesus goes up to him and says, what do you want? He doesn't say, I want to be healed. What does he say? He says, Jesus, I've been, every time I try to jump in, every time I try to get healed, every time somebody else, some, blames everybody and their mama. But Jesus like, what do you want? And I'm asking somebody, what do you want today? Like, are you okay with just sitting and just being okay with the cycle and, and the, 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 this, this insane cycle of just doing the same thing? And God's like, are you okay with just sitting in that place? You know, in all the situations that I've succumbed to just sitting, I've started to see how much it enhances the light. Sometimes the darkness you go through should give you the craving for the light. Should give you that desire that says, I want to get out of this situation. Would you stand up to your feet with me, church? If this, if I talked to some, somebody, I, there was some stuff that I just skipped because I want to spend some time in worship today. You know, I'm going to switch some things up today. You know, if you want prayer, I'll be available. But here's what we're going to do. If you can, just step out of your seats. If you need to just come to the altar. If you just need to spend some time in worship. Just surrender yourself to the Lord saying, God, you know what? I'm tired of sitting, God. I'm just tired of sitting and sitting and sitting and sitting. And you know what? What I'm going through is darkness. Some of y'all need to make a decision about that job that you're in. You need to make a, a decision about that boyfriend or that girlfriend or that relationship that you're in, that abuse that you're in, that addiction that you're in. Somebody needs to step up and say enough is enough. Somebody needs to accept the salvation of God. Somebody needs to embrace that Jesus has walked into the room. Amazing things happen when Jesus walks into the room, y'all.
same place for centuries that was sitting in darkness because of their separation from God the Bible says and Jesus set his foot on that on that land when he set his foot on that land in that same land of Galilee Jesus walks on water Jesus calms the storm Jesus drives out demons on the same banks of that that Zebulun and Naphtali Jesus walks and he finds these brothers and in in, in, in brothers and in, in these disciples and Peter and Andrew and he says hey do you want to be fishers of men it's the same place where John the Baptist the Baptist baptizes Jesus it's where Jesus feeds the masses with loaves and fish it's where Jesus will study this in the weeks to come Jesus walks up the mount and he gives a sermon on the mount in the same place where this man looks at another man and says can any good come out of this land Jesus says I will be a testimony that the stone that man rejected the place that man rejected the person that man rejected I don't care who rejected you if Jesus puts his stamp of approval on you and if he starts walking up and down your life you better be guaranteed that your life is going to be a blessing I declare to you that you are not cursed that you are blessed that you are the head and that you are not the take come on somebody that you are blessed beyond belief that God's anointing is upon you that every lie of the enemy will collapse and fall down in the name of Jesus every lie on your marriage in the name of Jesus I give the enemy notice today in the name of Jesus we are a group of prayer warriors that will rise up and we will fight we will arise someone say arise someone say get up the Bible says David spoke to his soul and he said arise oh soul come on some of y'all need to speak to your soul today some of you need to speak to your your spirit today come some of y'all need to have a heart-to-heart with your heart today and say arise come on someone say arise I don't know what situation is binding you but some of you need to say it's not okay it's not okay I'm tired of being complacent arise